Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Drop the snake on a bun, we've called it a hot snake. <laughs> Small and brown like a snake. It's a brown snake. It's a sausage. No, it's not a snake. 20 quid. The boyhood dream has come true. All of you to me. You're about to find out how ugly mankind can really be. Myself and the click are going to dance all over your face. Talk about your psalms. Talk about John 316. Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. Now undo the gold Holy classic fuck. Been a while. <laughs> it's you. Hello, friend. Hello. Hello, friend. Oh. Thousand years since the last nothing wrong with you. Whereby the old other cult holiday lads get ready for crown jewel out of Saudi Arabia and uh, a match that I genuinely thought could have been a Tom's custom trolling attempt. We are here via our Ica Pro powered DeLorean, flying, careering towards a showdown between good friends, but better enemies. <laughs> In 1996, who be we? I be fake Geordie, radio presenter for, for uh, radio presenter without portfolio, former cultaholic heavyweight champion Tom Campbell, with the with the mulligan to my O'Hare, back once again after a thousand years away uh, from Canada and beyond, the rambunctious Jackie Orlando. Hello, hello. Here we go, mate. This we've, has been nice, isn't it? Well, we've both been away. We've both we've been both away. Been, I went on holiday, then you went on holiday. Then I came back from holiday, then you came back from holiday. Then I started sneezing one day, so went off ill. Then you went off ill. <laughs> <Yeah>. so... <laughs> we were meant to be back probably two weeks before this. Yes. That was the, that was the plan. And then, as you say, you got poorly. Mm. And then uh, this this week, as we were recording it, I got poorly, so then I missed the day that we recorded. So now it's a week later, yeah. and here we are. Neither of us are now poorly. I hope I'm still a little. I'm still a little bit like achy. I'm just. I'm a bit bunged up. But a bit bunged up. Yeah. So if, if it's going round, isn't there? If it sounds like I'm on old time radio, that's why. <laughs> I'll please do the whole show like you're on old time radio. <laughs> hey, listen up, all you jellipers and willipers. <laughs> It's time for the Fun Time Radio Show. <laughs> Sponsored by Winston Cigarettes. They're great for children. Kids, get your mums to buy you cigarettes now. It cures all diseases. And Bobby Johnson's lead-based paint. <laughs> <laughs> Some things will come and go with time, not Johnson's lead-based paint, which will be perfectly healthy for years to come. Oh, I missed old-time radio where they just go, everything now is perfect and it'll never be bad. I was basically uh, what they do. I don't know why last week... Um, I don't know if it was research or if I was just on a flight of fancy, but while working from home, I thought, 
I'm going to listen to Awesome Wells do War oh, of the Worlds. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. How lovely is that? Yeah. It's a great little listen, that is. Oh, it's boss, yeah. I, lo- I, I love listening to old shows. I like Awesome Wells is like the way he fooled the world. I yeah. love, like, the, the Awesome Wells, the original troller. <laughs> But it's 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 weird hearing it with the intro. It's like, and now time for the radio player's amateur dramatic production of War of the Worlds with Orson Welles. And the music is like... It's like, welcome to a desolate world of aliens and death. It's like, oh! It really... The music doesn't quite match the mood, does it? Not That's not what I was going for. But I guess that's what we're doing. It's full of green penis. That's why the radio has always been a wonder to me. Because of Orson Welles, <laughs> kind of, yeah, kind of because of that thing of like you know you could you can paint these images and the, the they say that the, the worst horror that we can create as people is, is our, in our own imaginations. Mm. Like there's nothing that's as bad as what we can conjure up. Yeah, which is why I love radio because you get nothing visual. You have to paint the visuals in your mind and you can tell those stories. Yeah, not always bad stories, but that's why I've always had a passion for doing radio. I just love the fact that back in the day there was people stealing a living by being uh, radio ventriloquists. I know, right? (laughs) He's a ventriloquist on the radio and everyone went, ooh, wireless, yeah, it must be good. (laughs) And I'll say these words whilst drinking water. Are you sure you're drinking water? Yes. (laughs) Mmm, delicious. You can barely taste the rust in the tap. (laughs) Johnson's blood paint (laughs) covered in the sink. Uh, So whilst... (laughs) So, like, now, I think people listening to the SmackDown review and the Nitro review uh, will be up to speed with kind of my endeavours whilst I've been away. Yeah. I've got engaged. Yeah. Since we last last time we spoke, I was not an engaged man. Yeah. Now I'm an engaged man. Uh, I asked Alex to marry me, and she has said yes. He's off the market. Off the... I'm sorry, ladies. Sorry. I know you, you had 37 years to pull the trigger on it. Because <laughs> I wasn't very fanciful at two. Um... <laughs> And you didn't, and that's that now. Um, we're looking sort of end of 2024 yeah. to do a winter wedding. That's Ooh. what we're looking at at the moment. Yeah. Uh, Finalising details for the engagement party. You should have a message in your inbox about it. Yeah. Have, uh, have you? Yeah. Okay, that's fine then. That's yeah. fine. Yeah. <laughs> you, you coming or not? No, it's my birthday weekend. <laughs> I saw it. It's, I've got one of those. Fuck you. I've then. got one of those birthdays that because it's a dead weekend, everyone goes. Nothing ever happens that week. <laughs> yeah. Um, admittedly, yeah. when we booked it, we went. Oh, it's a dead weekend. And I saw it. I went. I went. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's my um, my birthday on the twenty first, and it's Revolution on the nineteenth. So I'm working the Revolution, and then ah. then doing birthday stuff. Is on it full week. gear? Full gear. Sorry. Yeah, That's full cool. gear. Even uh, no, in AEW they're doing two shows back to back. Unless Revolution is what they're calling the press conference after. Yeah. So I will. Um, I'll. I'll. I'll pop a one pound coin in a card. Oh, <laughs> what a cheeky man you are. Because then. Um, James Jenkins off of Triple Jump. He was like, oh, it's, it's, it's best birthday this weekend, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, Sean's birthday too, so that's another thing we're not going on. Oh, <laughs> so, no. Yeah, so I'm going to be, yeah, hermiting. Well, that, well, that's fine. Well, anyway, look, I was only mentioning because like, that's kind of what's going on in my world at the moment. Yeah. What's going on with you? Um, Talk about where you've been and you went to Canada. Yeah. A lovely time in Canada. Yeah. How were the Canadians? All right. Good. You did a little trip to New York. <laughs> yeah. Did you, did, you, did you just have a coffee? What do you go? What do you watch? Your go-to drink in New York? Mine. Yeah. Oh, I don't know because I don't think. Mm. It's is, hard. There a, is there a certain like when you were there? Was there a certain coffee shop or a certain place that you vibed with? No, not. I didn't actually drink that much coffee while I was away. Surprisingly, um, I was just getting up and just 
beasting out and then rather than like finding somewhere it goes like that place does coffee I'll get one no mm. that's okay um, it was more I like your style yeah thanks it, it's um, root beer that's what I was drinking ah you're root beer man root beer man um, so root beer and ginger ale not ginger beer ginger ale two different drinks ginger beer is the one that sets you on fire ginger ale is the one that tastes a bit like weird lemonade Ah, so there you go. So, but there have been times when people are like, "Oh, do you want a ginger ale?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'm going, that's ginger beer. They've marketed that wrong. Get oh. rid of that." Um, yeah, we just we walked around a lot. We ate a lot. Uh, it was hotter than we thought because it's been a few years since I've been there, and I forgot that September is basically still summer. Um, went to Madison Square Garden. Nice. Went to the garden saw uh, Roxy Music, supported by Saint Vincent. Um, is it everything you hoped it'd be? Because I know you talked about it before we left. Yeah, well, as we were going in, it's a really nice arena. Um, like, the, the, it's like the MEN, the Manchester Arena, old hockey rink, and it's just like a warehouse around the concourse. Yeah. This one's actually like wooden floors and there's all different vendors. So if you want to get like wanky beer or a big pretzel or whatever. And around the outer edge, there's all these plaques of great moments in MSG history. And one of them was like, oh, the first ever SummerSlam main event. I was like, oh. I was like, oh, I'm surprised there's nothing about WrestleMania. And then as we came out after the gig, I looked to my right, big, massive glass panel, Hulk Hogan t-shirt, Roddy Piper's boots, post. Uh. And I went, ah. I went, Sean, will you take my picture? And she went, yeah. She walked to the other side of the concourse. I went, Sean, what are you doing? There's 10,000 people leaving a concert. Oh, okay. So there's a picture of me looking a bit sheepish in front of it, thinking, why have you walked that far away? There's a lot of people. <laughs> um, the uh, the worst thing about my holiday, as I tweeted, um, so we flew from London. So we went down the night before, stayed in a travel lodge. Great. Mm -hmm. Had a shower, watched a documentary on Eileen Wernos. Oh, everything to get you ready for the holiday. You are <laughs> bouncing for your Ollie, Bob. Uh, next morning, breakfast buffet. You went, cool. There was no trays, and I thought, right. Here's my breakfast, my coffee. Ah, butter. I'll put them in my pocket. Sat down. Took out one butter. Left another one in my pocket. Oh, no. Getting through the airport. All fine. Brilliant, boss. Do -do 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 -do. It's like, oh, it's time for security. Why is my pocket wet? <laughs> oh, it's butter. <laughs> oh, it's butter. <laughs> I, forgot, I forgot about my forbidden pocket butter. Um, originally... They didn't have any butter. They only had Marge, which was in the plastic ones, which would have been fine. This was a foil bucket, packet uh, of butter. I suppose the, sound, the, the, the sensors not go off. Uh, no, this was before I was going through. I was ah, emptying my pockets. I went, ah, right. shit. So, oh, I had, okay. so I had a buttery pocket and all my stuff was covered in butter. And I went, oh, for <laughs> fuck's sake. Um, and Sean was like, oh, I was like, oh, I stink of butter now. Great. I had to wash my pocket. I had to... <laughs> And I thought, I've got to dry it with towels, because if I hand dry it, then I've got dried in butter in my pocket. And then as we go around duty-free, I was just getting the samples of aftershave and spraying my pocket. And... <laughs> that gentleman has the best smelling pocket in town. It's weird, because that's very unlike me. I'm very organized in situations like that. I was like, like that, but... It's because you were on holiday, so you were sort of trying to sort of shut down a little bit, yeah. like kind of relax a little bit. It, it, I, I washed my pants as we got to Toronto. <laughs> I like the idea of somebody pausing the podcast there. I wash my pants as I got to Toronto. Wash my pants as we got there. And I was like, oh, God. And they still smell like butter. And I thought, right, I just I just need these for the flight home. So as long as they're clean, it's fine. Got home, did a wash, still smell. But I had to wash the pants five times to get rid <laughs> of the smell of butter. Why is butter that pungent? Because it got warm <laughs> and then I was sat on a flight for eight hours as it just oh. fucking... Congealed into the fabric. Yeah. Because at first I was like, I like these pants. We're going to have to bin them. But no, they've been salvaged. Just multiple washes later. And that was my holiday. <laughs> <laughs>
Butter smuggler Jack Atkins. While we were away, though, I was bored on Instagram one night. And I did a QA. Ask Atkins. It was the third time oh. I've ever done it. And I got a few questions about the British Bulldog, of course. Of course you did. My mate Carly, who I have known for over 15 years, replied to one of the Bulldog things. Big picture of the British Bulldog trend. Is that Davy Boy? That's my dad's cousin. And I went, fuck off. And she went, yeah, my dad's also called Dave Smith. I went, I've known you for over 15 years and you're only now telling me that your dad's the British Bulldog's cousin. I need to, I, I need to get a follow-up. I said, can you tell me more? She went, yeah, I'll, I'll ask my dad next time I see him if he's got any stories. So I'm going to hound her tonight and be like, Carly, you bastard. We'll get, we'll get Carly's dad on the podcast. <laughs> I think. Now the thing is that you, you say that, you said that and a, a number of, a number of emotions swirl around me as you say that. Because in my head, there's part of me that goes, oh, my God, this is great, great bit of content. This could be fun. We could speak to them, ask questions. And then the terror sets in. The te- because <laughs> I, I, and, 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 and by, and by, uh, by uh, association you and Matthew and Sam on these classic podcasts, a general theme is taking the piss out of the British Bulldog. Yeah. And now our... <laughs> The, the degrees of separation have shrunk. <laughs> and I, I genuinely think my life is in danger. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you said this to me before. You're just like, oh, I hope we never have to meet the, the Smith family because they'll kill us. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, Tom Campbell is cooking. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's, a, he's on the grill. He's on the grill at Kebab King. We had, we did the watch along for, the live reactions for Extreme Rules. Right. And I, it was there that I realised that our boss Adam Pacitti, he don't listen to this, yeah, because we had a th- at least three messages. <laughs> it's all right though, because we had about three <laughs> messages from people that went, "Oh, big shout!" He said, "Big shout out to Davy Boy, who's running Bread King." I don't know what that means. That a- I went right. <laughs> <laughs> I have to explain the law to my boss. <laughs> we had a few, so a few people messaged in like. Bulldog related and classic review related related things. I had to go right. Here's what this means. <laughs> so Adam doesn't listen to this. So that's a reassurance. Just hope the Bulldog's family doesn't. Someone who does listen is uh, my good mate AJ, and he messaged me a while back saying, "I've come up with a terrible joke." And I went, "Go on, hit me." He went, "What is the British Bulldog's favourite Pokemon?" Go on, Sea King. <laughs> <laughs> and then he just put. He responded with, dot, 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 block me, it's fine. <laughs> Are you kidding me? You're overqualified to a classic review. Yeah. <laughs> so, thanks, AJ. <laughs> what would they sell at Sea King? Is it just fish? Yeah. It's just like... Re- just, a- just, just tap water. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, oh... No, it can't be because Tatwater King's open and I'll be monopolised in the business if I open two Tatwater-related outlets. So with Sea King, I've actually got uh, Bruce Hart on a, on a trawler. Just, <laughs> just get a bucket of sea. <laughs> Bring us back a couple of buckets of sea. And... <laughs> it just goes out of the sea, fills two buckets, comes back. Bruce running in like that. It's like, oh, I've spilled it off of it. <laughs> Davey's like, oh, you won't get as many pogs. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. Sorry, Davey, I'll go back. <laughs> Runs back out to the sea. Two more. Back again. 
Oh God! Oh, it's nice to be back. It's yeah. nice. It's nice to be back. Yeah. Let's talk about 1996 for a little bit, shall we? That's it's. It feels like <laughs> oh, it's been a while. It's been a while. It's been a while. Been a while. Uh, in the US, on the Billboard charts, Celine Dion, "Because You Love Me," still pissing the bed at number one. Uh, number one in the UK music chart, Mark Morrison with "Return of the Mac." Have I ever told you my relationship with "Return of the Mac"? Is he your cousin? <laughs> <laughs> My cousin is Mark Morrison. Now, go on. Um, it's I don't celebrate New Year's. It's not for me. I'm just like, I don't celebrate the 1st of February. Why would I celebrate the 1st of January? Mm. Time is a construct of human perception. Um, Time is a construct of human perception. But, and I've been doing this now since I was about 18, just one year I decided, I want to make the first song I listened to this year, Return of the Mac by Mark Morrison. Ah. So if I'm awake at midnight, because most of the time I fall asleep and wake up in the future, um, I'll make sure that the second the clock hits midnight, it's like, don't come to me with old Lang Syne. I'll have my headphones in just going, but the bad man, yes, it is. And I'm oh, nice. So return the Mac every January 1st. Do you time it so like on midnight it goes, return up the Mac? I know as soon as, soon as it's midnight, press place. So. Oh, so you start the whole song from the dun 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 dun. Yeah. Whoa. Come on. It's a banger, isn't it? Yeah. It tests very well on radio. Yeah. Well, I know it so well. I just like the fact he's like, yeah, Return of the Mac. It's like, haven't you only had like a couple of like minor hits before? And uh, that was his breakthrough hit in America. He's like, Return of the Mac. It's me, Mark Morrison. Everyone went, he's mint. Yeah. I can't remember him doing anything other than Return of the Mac. No. Is that bad? Yeah. This, this, this is, I mean, you know, you'll dine off it for decades. Uh, good for you, Mark Morrison. Uh, you can buy a house with it. Legit banger, yeah. It is a legit banger. I could buy a house with it. Just turn up and just be like, hey, I listen to Return of the Mark at least once a year. And like, <laughs> fine, Chris. And then, then, then Nat West go, here is your mortgage. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and you both leave going, whoa! <laughs> the best thing is, in the video, at one point, he's wearing leather gloves with a ring over the glove. I'm just like, what a what a look. That way he wants everyone to make sure he desperately knows that he is engaged or married yes. and doesn't want any trouble. Yes. That's exactly why I said to Alex, I said, when we get married, I said, because I'm a bit thick to these things. I said, I, I can wear a ring as well, can't I, once we're married? He went, yeah, I would, I'd hope you would. I said, no, I, no, I want to. I didn't know whether sometimes, some, sometimes blokes do, sometimes blokes don't. I want to wear a, a, a ring. And he said, okay. I said, why? I said, any, you seem quite passionate about it. Yeah, just so therefore, any time a woman asks for directions, I can go, back away, Alex! <laughs> I am engaged! <laughs> oh, he's got a sparkler on him. <laughs> I started calling, when we were away, I did start calling Alex. Um, they, they, kind of, they, they referred to Alex as my wife while we were away. Yeah. And I just went, ah, it's, it's fine. I'll start using my wife now. And uh, we ended up doing a, a music quiz on the stage. And Alex entered as well, and a few other people. And then on the, the next day, we were by the pool, and these like three or four younger ladies in bikinis come up and say, "Oh, you were really funny last night. You made us. You made all three of us laugh. You're really good." And I went, "Yes, my wife was funny as well, wasn't she?" And like Alex is there, she's like, "Hello, <laughs> isn't my wife also brilliant? It's my wife." And she went, "You didn't need to do that. I think they were just being." <laughs> Just in case, there's my wife. Stay away from my pubes and dick. Back away from my bits. It's my wife's there. <laughs> <laughs> she is, just in case. Yeah. 
So that's what Mark Morrison was doing. And that's what he was doing. So he, all the women going, hey, Mark, I really love your song. Back away, Harlot. Stay away from my pubes and stay dick. Stay away from my pubes and or dick. <laughs> <laughs> I shan't be doing the sex on you later. Oh. I'll be trouble. Uh, Primal Fear is number one in the US box office. Primal Fear starring Richard Gere. Oh, it's been, that was number one. Seven months ago when we last recorded, wasn't it? It was indeed. It's yeah. come back around. Yeah. Uh, so, and also in the UK box office, number one, 12 Monkeys. Okay. Okay. That's a Terry Gilliam one. It is, yeah. Uh, one of the Python guys who no longer is with us. And uh, it's a shame that the, the remaining Python guys who aren't called Michael Palin are letting us down so badly. Terry Gilliam's still with us. Terry Jones, lad. It is indeed. I yeah. stand corrected. So yeah. Terry Gilliam, apologies for thinking you were dead there. <laughs> they um, are old. But... John Cleese is doing a show on GB News. Yeah, I know. See this? That's yeah, just, he that's was a shame, isn't it? He was always my favourite Python as well, just yeah. because just he's bombastic, isn't he? But mm. turns out you mm. vote. Don't vote how you vote. Watch what you do. You do. You live your life. But it's a shame that yeah. John Cleese is doing a show on GB News. Yeah. Oh, John. Um, <laughs> April the twenty third, Father Ted was a massive winner at the British Academy Television Awards. Good. Dermot Morgan winning Best TV Comedy Actor yeah. as Father Ted, really. Pauline McLean winning Best TV Comedy Actress as Mrs. Doyle. Yeah. And it won the Best Channel 4 sitcom as well, easily. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure if, how long after that we lost Dermot Morgan. It was like, the I think it was the day after they finished the last episode of Series 3. Or it was shortly after it was either finished or broadcast. It was one of the two. They changed the ending, did they? Because of the fact that he died. Oh right. So the last, what I remember reading was the last episode. There was a gag in the last episode where Ted talks somebody off a ledge, mm. and when it transpired that Ted wasn't going to move away and work on this, work at this this, this other place, he was going to stay on Craggy Island forever. And like Dermot was like, going, "Oh, you'll uh, uh, you'll be seen here forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever." And it was going to fade, and and Ted was going to be on the ledge, <laughs> like going, "Oh, I'm going to join you now." Uh, but then he died, so yeah. they just changed the ending. So like, you just see sort of the pan out of the house, and they turn the lights off, and that's it. They changed the ending because they thought it doesn't seem right since the guy died. It was one of my favorite shows as a kid. Mm. I found it hilarious then. I still find it absolutely hysterical. It's brilliant. But it's that's another one like you're saying about uh, John Cleese. I was, I was about to bring up Graham Lilliam. <laughs> I was talking about it with Pachisi when we were out a while back because he's got some props from the show and he's like, oh, he's like, I can't really have these up anymore because of Graham Lilliam. It's like, it's okay. Mm. Arthur Matthews is still all right. Yeah. So <clears throat> you can you can have them on display. It's fine. He's still going. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah that's uh, that's a whole other thing. Again, yeah. vote for you. Vote how you want. Yeah. Do you do you. Live your life, but that's a shame. These these are just our opinions. On the same day, the auction for the estate of Jackie Onassis began at Sotheby's. Ooh. So it'll last four days uh, and close with over $34 million in sales. Now, highlights of the auction include $2.6 million for a 40-carat uh, Lesotho diamond engagement ring from Aristotle Onassis, her second husband. Mm-hmm. $1.4 million for a desk used by President John F. Kennedy to sign the Nuclear Test Ban Treaty in the 60s, half a million for an oak rocking chair used by Kennedy in the Oval Office, uh, a diamond ring bought by Kennedy as a gift for his wife for $415,000. Big money in the Jackie Onassis malarkey. Uh, That's all that's really happening in the real world, the boring real world. (laughs) What's happening in the wrestling world this week, Jackie Orlando? Quite a bit. It's a busy week. First class male, Tom Campbell. Hey. Oh, talking of which, actually... Oh, we came up with new wrestling characters last <laughs> week. <laughs> was this while I was away? Did you do Ooh, this? Maybe, I can't remember. Possibly. Mm. So for some reason in the office, 
we were talking about Rich Swan. And then we're thinking of other ornitho- ornithologi- ornithological, ornithological based wrestling names. And I just went, Barry Goose. <laughs> and then Aid Gibbons turns around and goes, Yes, Barry Goose and the Bromwell boys. <laughs> And then it was it was made great. even it's made even better by Fraser saying that Scott is going, Barry Goose. You're called Barry Goose. And I was just laughing, I was like, Barry Goose. <laughs> and he's like, Yes, I'm the Bromwell boys. And then he turns to me and goes, You're Paul Bromwell. And I was like, I'm not, I'm not fucking Paul Bromwell. He's like, I'm Barry Goose, you're Paul Bromwell, and your brother Otis Bromwell. I was like, no. Otis Bromwell. I was like, that's a good name. It's better than Paul Bromwell. I was like, no, it's like I'm not getting out of OVW with the name Paul Bromwell. <laughs> Jackie Orlando. How do you um how do you perceive Barry Goose and the Bromwell boys, like character wise? Oh, it's it's it is basically the Godwins, isn't it? <laughs> so, you know, I was thinking more like Mean Street Posse. Yeah. I was thinking sort of Peaky Blinders crossed Mean Street Posse. Oh, but they're from Bromwell. <laughs> yeah, I, I assume that I, like I assumed that they were from Bromwell. Yeah. You were kind of going down the Dudley Boys route where they yeah. weren't from Dudley. They were just the surname was Dudley. <laughs> Dudley Boys. What do I do for getting the table? I was that was always a missed opportunity for me. <laughs> the Dudley Boys from Dudley. Whenever they came whenever they did a UK tour, why they never took the Dudley Boys to Dudley? Yeah. But easy money. Yeah. Easy money. They could have said twinned with Dudleyville or something twinned, like that. Yeah, yeah. that'd be great. So yeah, uh, after that little <laughs> John down Barry Goose Lane. Barry Goose, right? I, I'd like, right? Okay, classicoccultaholic.com. The emails return uh, next week. If you are of an artistic flavour, I would like your interpretation of what Barry Goose and the Bromwell Boys look like. Is there a prize? I don't think so. <laughs> just our love and affection and we'll do like a gallery on the Patreon <laughs> if you're a Patreon we'll do a gallery of all the pictures and I'll share some of the best ones on Twitter as well I'd like to know what Barry Goose and the Bromwell boys look like Barry Goose uh, <laughs> right so Wrestling Observer newsletter dated April 29th 1996 Barry Goose and the Bromwell boys have been released yeah, no, I knew it now, damn it Vince so last time we talked um, Brian Pillman had obviously had his bad car crash mm-hmm. and we just got an update on his condition he was released from university hospital in cincinnati on april 19th he rolled his humvee four nights earlier suffering numerous injuries most of serious of which was a crushed ankle which we'll eventually see with when we next see him wherever that may be wherever that may be uh, apparently when the police and medics found pillman on the monday moments after taking a 40 foot fall from being ejected as the vehicle rolled remember this is written in dave Meltzer language um, Pillman had lost so much blood that those who found him believed he wasn't going to make it. His face was so swollen that even his own sister couldn't identify him. And his initial fear, the fall could, could have done damage to the spinal cord, which could have been a crippling injury. He was in the burns unit uh, and originally intensive care, although his condition was quickly upgraded. By the end of the week, after surgery, which included taking bone from his hip to reconstruct his ankle, he was told that the long-term prognosis was good. The injury shouldn't be serious enough to threaten his wrestling career. He was allowed to go home from a hospital for the weekend. And as we'll see, his, his in-ring style drastically changes. Mm. Uh, Pillman, who was wearing a heavy Harley-Davidson biker jacket when ejected, believes the thickness of the jacket saved him from more serious injuries, as the jacket itself was torn to shreds. He also felt fortunate that injuries went worse, and that for whatever whatever reason he wasn't wearing his seatbelt at the time that he rolled the car uh, the vehicle was destroyed and he was told by police had he been wearing the seatbelt and not been thrown from the car he would have been crushed to death God. 
Um, so they said it's, it'll only be eight weeks before he can start rehab, which is miraculous. Perhaps another month after that before he can get back in the ring. The accident occurred two days before Pillman's contract with WCW, believed to be at around the 225 grand a year mark, was to expire. Pillman had informal talks since the accident with both WWF and WCW, and the injury doesn't appear to be nearly the hindrance in getting a new deal as first thought, since it appears both groups believe Pillman's strength in wrestling right now is his persona. So we'll have yeah. to wait and see where he ends up. He's such a charismatic guy that should there be an injury that slows him down, yeah. he, he, can, he, he, he should be all right. There should be something for him. But oh, yeah, there's, there's a, this was a big concern yeah. for, for Brian Pillman after this accident. Yeah, I mean, he's one of those as well that I've said on this before. I can't wait to see if Brian Pillman arrives in WWF because mm-hmm. uh, I think he was so ahead of his time. The whole character, yeah. everybody, he's incredible. You think about if, if Brian Pillman had turned up in 2022. He'd be John Moxley. He'd be Moxley, wouldn't he? Yeah. He'd be the John Moxley. Yeah. It'd be phenomenal to see. Yeah. Phenomenal to see. Other injury news. Goldust is expected to work in your house seven. He had torn, uh, suffered a torn medial collateral ligament in his knee in Dusseldorf in a match against Razor Ramon. It was rushed to Birmingham, Alabama to see mm. Dr. James From Andrews. Germany. Just take him to the local hospital. Yeah. You're like, oh, we can go to... Birmingham, UK. He's like, no, get us to Alabama. Uh, Dr. Andrews said the injury couldn't be fixed through arthroscopic surgery, but was such that Runnels could rehabilitate without undergoing major surgery that would keep him out of action. So he's expected to be back for In Your House, although he won't be at 100% and will have to look after his knee. He is expected to take some time off. How much isn't clear after the pay-per-view? Um, also, Davey Boy Smith will be working the show on a bad knee, having been injured in a match with Bret Hart on the same show as Goldust Bloody in hell. Dusseldorf, Germany. So they're going he, hard in Dusseldorf. So they've changed his um, our show tour, and he's just having arm wrestling matches with Ahmed Johnson. Oh, I mean, I mean, you can get around that quite easily then. Exactly. So by just making them uh, arm wrestling matches. Would you like some ECW news? I love some ECW. In what is believed to be pro wrestling's first ever lesbian moment, the latest chapter in the Beulah McGillicutty Tommy Dreamer angle is that Beulah's pregnancy was a hoax and she'd been cheating on Dreamer with Kimona Wanalea. I'll take them both. I'm hardcore. And the most awkward, painful looking snog you've ever seen. <laughs> um, so yeah, this this was the, the week of the Beulah Kimona stuff, which Paul Heyman claims got them thrown off the air. The, you know, Conservative America, fine with blood and violence and stuff, but you have you have two ladies having a kiss and they're off and they're off. <laughs> but uh, this one, a little thing. This is the same show. Sandman and Two Cold Scorpio beat the Bruce Brothers. The most memorable part of the match was after fans were chanting "smoke and guns" at the Bruce Brothers. One of the twins threw a chair into the crowd and hit a fan. Oh, gee. Paul Heyman was really upset backstage by that. This is Jacob and Eli Blue. It is, yes. Uh, now away from the the shackles of WWF, they can be themselves. Yeah. As the, the Bruce Brothers, <laughs> Ron and Don Harris. Oh, I can't wait to see what they'd be like in TNA. Wonder if we'd see their real selves there. Oh my God. Jesus. USWA news. Another story floating around is that Jeff Jarrett will work out the remainder of his WWF contract, which is believed to expire on November, by working for USWA before making the jump to WCW. Oh. As best we can tell, WWF is still expecting Jarrett to return over the next month or two, but there is at least smoke to the fire in regards to eventually going to WCW. Okay. Mm. And other USWA news... As far as stories regarding Brian Christopher and the WWF, Christopher is under contract to WWF and has been since late 94, although there are no imminent plans of bringing him in, although it's expected at some point he will be in WWF. 
Okay. So we'll wait and see. I've got a little bit of WCW news, which I'm sure Ooh. you're gonna. I mean, yeah, we're a few. We're we're a few. Like I think we're a month or so behind okay. still. So we this is nice. We can dip back into this down the road. It appears Hulk Hogan won't be around until August, as he's taken time off to do a movie. There's a lot of sentiment that Hogan brought the company to a new level and that they couldn't have reached without him. But it's better for everyone and involved and all concerned if Hogan only appears on a few guest shots a year rather than dominate every Nitro and pay-per-view show. I mean, there is that. <laughs> that is not a bad idea. The tentative plan is for Hogan to return the August pay-per-view against either Scott Hall or Kevin Nash in their new role, although that will change 50 times between now and then. <laughs> Elsewhere in the WCW, Shark, who was earning 250 grand a year, Whoa! was cut to make room for the appended no! salaries of Hall and Nash. It's a good little warning across the bow because Sam Driver's going to be very sad that week. 250 grand on more than Pillman. It's weird money in WCW. And don't get me wrong, big fan of John Tanta. I love John Tanta. But Dungeon of Doom, John Tanta. We can take or leave him at this point, can't yeah. we? <laughs> Eric Bischoff has spoken about uh, Mark Merrow because obviously we've gone over there. He's just joined WWF after allegedly not wanting to do an angle with Kimberly Page. So... Eric Bischoff was with Mike Mooneyham on the Wrestling Observer Hotline, and he said of Mark Marrow leaving, people want to jump all over this thing and paint Eric Bischoff as Satan because that's kind of in vogue right now. But Johnny came to me and expressed his concern. And what did we do? We changed it. If you look at the television, it's quite obvious. We didn't have a problem with it. I was concerned he was taking his professional on-camera life way too seriously. He had a problem with Kimberly as his valet because he doesn't know how to answer his daughter. I understand that. We made the change. But what happens if we need him to take on a different character? Where is the line? How do we know what we can do with the talent when we don't know how the talent's personal life is going to be affected by it? That's the issue that I brought up. Mm. And we resolved the issue. That was not an issue between Johnny and I. He's bringing it up because he wants to make it appear he was justified in making the decision he made. But the reality is that we overcame the problem and we've moved on in an entirely different direction. I love that. How are we supposed to know how our storylines will affect the talent? You could ask them. Ask There's them. just no way of knowing. Ask them. You could, you could, if only there was a really easy way to find out what the talent think of a storyline. I just can't think of anything. Johnny, if you've got a minute, go over there. Yeah. Think about this. What do you think? <laughs> tweak it. Tweak it. We'll, we'll oh, get back to I it. I mean, you, you're suggesting that we just ask them? Yeah. No, there's no time. Yeah. There's no time. Yeah. We've got 42 minutes of television to fill. <sighs> <laughs> One last bit of news. WWF. This is Melter's notes. This mm. isn't actual news. This is Melter's um, assumptions. And a bit of news, actually. What am I talking about? Bret Hart is getting far too much play on TV for someone who supposedly ha hasn't decided for sure if he's coming back. In addition, WWF has ordered toy makers to create new dolls, and they are creating a new Bret Hart doll, and these won't be out for a long time. So this, because the only thing I'm confident about with my wrestling knowledge, this is the, they've finished up with Hasbro. The classic WWF little mm. hard ones. And this is the, going to be the first series of Bone Crunches from Jack Specific. Ooh, so in wow. That, so in that first series, you do have, you have Razor Ramon, Diesel, Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, I think Ultimate Warrior, Vader, maybe Goldust? But as we know, half of them aren't going to be there. I'll by the time half of them aren't turning up, are they? Jeez. Um, so... As Dave's put, it was funny during one of Hart's interviews where he said that if Michaels wrestles at his best, that Diesel won't even come close to beating him, which is exactly the opposite of what you would want fans thinking going into a title match on pay-per-view. But the edit anyway, since overall, it was a great interview. Mm. 
But yeah, so we've got the brown crunches coming, but like Dave's saying, oh, the, 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 the. Dave thinks it's a bit weird they're putting this much onus on Bret Hart. Yeah. Considering that he's not going to be around for a while. But, but I mean, they, they have to get them in. They, they get the things in, because like with the later Hasbro series, there's a Ludwig Borger figure, and he was around for about two minutes and stuff like that. So they just basically, as soon as they get the characters, just like, do it, make it. Mm. So that's probably what they've done with Bone Crunchers. There was no Hasbro Diesel. So they've just gone, put Diesel in the set, get about. It happens with the WWE games. Oh, God, I do. Oh. What, what's been fun about this particular game, the 2K22 one, is that when 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 I got it, I went through the, the roster. Went, they're gone, they're gone, they're gone, they're there, they're there, they're there, they're gone, 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 yeah. still there, still there, still there, still there. And for the first time ever, as months have gone on, the roster has become more accurate again <laughs> as wrestlers have returned. Like, Karrion Cross. Why is he in the game? That's weird. Oh, he's back now. That's fine. Oh, but they haven't got his weird fluffy hair. <laughs> I mean, there is that. Yeah. Don't worry. Someone's probably made fluffy hair. Oh, definitely. Someone's, uh, I'm, I'm going to check later on tonight. I'm going to play a bit of 2K22 tonight. I reckon somebody's already made the new mask to Bray Wyatt. Yes. That was very good, wasn't it? It was very good. Mm. Very good. By the time you hear this, he's, to he's popped up on SmackDown. Uh, hopefully they continue the good work. Yes. Hopefully, because that, that return was just phenomenal. Yeah, because we've come off this weekend. You did Extreme Rules with Pachiti. Mm -hmm. I did Bound for Glory on Friday. Pachiti also did, but Pachiti, I think, just stayed up all weekend. But... Uh, yeah, he's like me, he just didn't sleep all weekend. Yeah, so it, it was a... It was a good full weekend of stuff. Mm. Mm. I, was, I was telling Aiden, I was like, guess guess what time I woke up after Bound for Glory? He went two in the afternoon. I went five past nine. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lovely sleep though. So far, all three hours. Yeah, it's a nice sleep. That Great, is. fantastic. Let's go to Monday night for April the 29th. April 29th. April 29th. Taped on the first. Take down the foot. No. Yeah. Mm. Uh, we open Raw this week with an Intercontinental Championship match. No, it's been over a month since we sat here and talked about it, so we'll uh. bring you up to speed. Uh, Goldust and Savio Vega headlined the last show that we did. Yeah. And the match went to a ref-confused non-finish. Yeah. As, as one ref thought Goldust had won, one ref thought, thought Savio Vega had won. So Gorilla Monsoon went, no, nah, none of you have won. Give us the belt. Yeah. Uh, you'll have a match next week to determine an undisputed intercontinental champion. Did you say there was some slack officiating there? Yeah. If memory serves me correctly, I think Earl Hebner was one of the officials involved in that he match. Was. He was. He kind of gets lauded as one of the best refs of all time, when really, he's very I, rarely doing his job properly. From a kayfabe sense, he's a terrible ref, but also, I, I always felt that Earl was trying to get himself over. I honestly don't think he's a great ref. Okay. So with that in mind, where do you stand on your Aubrey Robertses and your Bryce Remsburgs in AEW. We've had this before. Aubrey Edwards, not Aubrey Roberts. That's Coronation oh, yeah. Street. <laughs> I... <laughs> oh, can... Uh, yeah. yeah, I don't... Aubrey Roberts. I don't mind Aubrey Roberts. Um, <laughs> I quite like Aubrey as a ref. Um, I think the best ref they've got is Paul Thingy. Paul Turner. Paul Thingy. Hi, I'm Paul Thingy. The one with the hair, because he's the only one... <laughs> The one with, you know, the one with the hair. You got two. The one with the eyes. Yeah. They've got things. They wear clothes. You got Rick Knox. He's shite. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone who gets in the wrestling ring, I love and respect you. But he's the one who just is just like, oh, we'll, we'll put Rick Knox in the tag matches. He's only used to call them PWG matches, but there's no rules. <laughs> um, 
Aubrey, I like. Bryce Ramsberg, I quite like. But Paul Turner's the one who just, you don't notice him. For me, that's the best. Yeah. You can notice a ref by they look different. Like, I love Tim White because he looked like a little cuddly hedgehog of a man. Um, <laughs> I like... Or if they've got a character, so like when Charles Robinson or Nick Patrick would be an arsehole, you're like, oh, okay. But even Nick Patrick tries to get himself over. Mm. So I, I, I get that with Earl as well. Matthew Gregg loves Nick Patrick. Yeah. Yeah. As you will see uh, when we sit down on, well, by now you've watched it. Uh. Uh, more on that later. Mm. Um, but yeah, Matt <laughs> loves a bit of Nick Patrick. So yeah, but I hear what you say, like he's yeah. a very big character. Yeah. The, yeah. So don't get me wrong. I like Earl Hebner, just when everyone's saying, he's the best ref of all time, like, no, for me. It's no. a bit of a basic bitch answer. Yeah. I'm just, just putting that out yeah. there. Everyone knows the best ref ever was Mickey J from the WCW. <laughs> 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 it's like, he, he's a more obscure ref. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent work. Yeah, thank you. Um, I'm trying to think of a more obscure ref. Jumping John Myers from North. There you go. <laughs> Jump in, John, getting a shout. Um, coming up tonight, oh. we'll see something that we've never seen before from Vader. He's <laughs> <laughs> off his trousers. And an altercation between the British Bulldog and Jake the Snake Roberts in Germany. Hey. Where the last thing we need is Bulldog getting into another altercation when the cameras are off. Can't get my belt off. I'm stuck. Waltman, man, what are you doing? <gasps> off. Right, I'm out. I'll fight you. <laughs> we also have the Godwins and Mankind in action in separate matches and an exclusive interview with Diesel hey. a beefy show we get footage of the controversy from last week I do feel bad for Savio because his only time holding the Intercontinental title he puts it on backwards <laughs> what did he do it and then spin it I think he was going to do a do it and a spin it mm. but he only got as far as the do it before the ref went it's not yours and he's like oh come oh, on let me get the picture let me at least spin it IRS got a picture with the belt. Why can't I? IRS got to pose at 10 minutes with the belt before they did the dusty finish. Picture in picture with an intense Savio Vega who shouts in Puerto Rican Spanish. Mm. The subtitles just say, speaking in foreign language, which is up there with rice pudding enjoyment noises. (laughs) Vega is intense as he throws off his jacket and storms to the ring. It is a brawl from the off. These two just flipping get into it. Heavy strikes all around. Big clothesline that turns Goldust inside out. He does the whole Rikishi Oh, he did it like an absolute champ as well. It was beautiful. Just goes flying with it. Uh, Follows up with a nice power slam. They fight around the ring. Vega's in charge until Goldust hits a splash and then a lovely kiss on Savio Vega. Yeah. And as we know, if you kiss another man, it powers them up because Vega fights back from this, but Goldust hits him with a low blow while the referee's back is turned. Jerry Lawler then randomly informs us that 36% of bosses peek on their employees' email. Not sure what that had to do with anything, but it is a fun fact. (laughs) (laughs) Throughout the night, you have Jerry Lawler dropping in these random bits of topical stuff, and Vince cutting him down going, Why are you saying that, you weirdo? When you know it's Vince that's told him to say it. Yeah. Weird energy. Oh, is it a Bischoff thing? Oh? Is it a Jabba Bischoff, maybe, saying, oh, he's... No, I, don't, I never, I never no. saw it as a jab at, at Bischoff. Didn't see it that way. Mm. Uh, Lawler gives us another topical one by talking about Bell Atlantic merging with 9X. This would make them the second largest communications company, and they later renamed themselves 
Verizon. Ah. There you go. So there's a little topical bit there. You're welcome. Savio Vega hits an enziguri before the break, but he's getting beaten up when we come back. Lawler tells us that two of our three Americans are overweight, according to something he read today. This is, if you're not familiar, WWF making their taped shows feel current and as relevant as possible. <laughs> it's incredibly shoehorned in, but that's what's happening, essentially. But then we forget Vince hyping up Goldust's next opponent. So this intercontinental undisputed match hasn't finished yet. Yeah. And we get a picture in picture <laughs> oh. with the ultimate warrior. warrior. <laughs> warrior says he doesn't care about the intercontinental title. The one that Goldust hasn't won back yet. Shh. But he's going to bust a hole in Goldust's house and make him squeal like a pig. Vince goes, what has that got to do with anything? Mm. Like, Vince hasn't connected Squeal Like a Pig and Deliverance. <laughs> okay. Um, <Right>. Goldust <laughs> working over the back of the leg of Vega. Vega's hanging on in there. Stone Cold Steve Austin and Ted DiBiase make their way to ringside. Just to observe, Vega finally starts getting back into it. He hits a clothesline. It's a standing splash. Mm. But again, as we come back from break, he's getting beaten up. They need to stop cutting to breaks because it's affecting Savio's performance. <laughs> Every time they cut to break, so they come back, Savio's getting battered. He just stops as soon as they go to the break. He's like, I'm not performing for the house, brother. Performing <laughs> for the millions. <laughs> Goldus avoids a curtain call. Hits a spinning wheel kick. Uh, sorry, Savio avoids a curtain call and hits a spinning wheel kick for a near fall. Vega gets a roll-up, but Marlena's distracting the referee. And as Goldust kicks out, he sends Vega crashing into the ropes, where Stone Cold Steve Austin is waiting with the million-dollar championship. And he cracks Vega with yeah. it. The noise it makes. Just a proper dung off the head of him. This allows Goldust to pick up the win and once again become the intercontinental champion. That was... Uh, it wasn't a terrible match. It was fine. I, I really liked it. Yeah. I, I put here that... I've thought it wouldn't have been out of place on and in your house. Yeah. Um, and like we've said about this era, and especially as it goes on to the Attitude Era, coming out of this, you've got Goldust continuing his rivalry with the Ultimate Warrior, and you've got Savio Vega and Steve Austin. So it is, doesn't matter where you are on the card, you're going to have... It off quite nicely. Yeah. So you get two matches out of this one. Yeah. I like how they did it. Goldust and Warrior will compete this Sunday, as mm -hmm. Jack and said, for the Intercontinental Championship. Uh, I like to appeal at this point to you if you're listening to this. So classic at cultaholic.com is our email address. Uh, it was announced on this episode of Raw that the Ultimate Warrior is doing an AOL chat the following night at 9 oh, o'clock. God. I can't find it. I've looked. I can't find it. If you have, by any chance, a transcript of the Ultimate Warrior's AOL chat from 1996, from April 1996, classic at cultaholic.com. I will thank you forever. I'm expecting the worst from the Ultimate Warrior on that. I'm expecting something bloody awful. Yeah. I'm excited for it. <laughs> we get a video package for In Your House. Good friends, better enemies. Mm. And the No Holds Barred main event, it's looking like a good one, isn't it? Yeah. It's looking like yeah. a decent, a decent, tasty show. Uh, which we'll be doing a watch along for next week. We will. Next week, it's Good Friends, Better Enemies. And instead of doing the standard review, uh, we will watch the show from its beginning to its end. It's about a two-hour pay-per-view. And if you have the network or Peacock, you can watch along with us and we'll provide an unnecessary alternative commentary. <laughs> we look forward to seeing you there. <laughs> <laughs> 
Vader walks to the ring as Lawler informs us that the Ultimate Warrior will be act in action in Sioux City next week, facing Isaac Yankum, which could be a bin fire. <laughs> <laughs> And it probably will be. Um, uh, we get clips of Vader's first night on Raw. Damage he did to Gorilla Monsoon and his beating of Yokozuna so badly that Yoko had to be taken out on a forklift <laughs> and then beaten up more backstage. <laughs> Vader's opponent tonight is far too. Make a difference. Yeah. Quietly looking for revenge for Yoko, presumably, because they're family. Ah. Family. Now, I was quite intrigued by this match. I don't know whether, you, whether, whether they've fought before. Because it felt like a first time. I didn't look it up. No. Vader and Fartu. Yeah. And and like a beefy boy battle Ooh. that should beef up. Nice little hoss fight here. Mm. We've been promised. Well, we've been promised. We'll see something for the first time tonight from Vader. Mm. When we come back from break, Vader already battering Fartu. But Fartu gets a fair bit of offense in. He looked decent, yeah. Mm. Clothesline, shoulder block, a cutter, a splash. Vader immediately gets up from all of this and just turns Fartu inside out with a Kishi line. bump. Yeah, there's the Kishi bump. We love a Kishi bump. Vader sets Fartu up on the on the canvas, goes all the way to the top. First time we've seen this, Vader hits a friggin' moonsault. Beautiful. Oh. First time ever. Big ooh from the crowd. Vince doesn't really sell it that well yeah. and kind of moves the conversation along to WWF's tour of Germany. Did you notice? I feel like Vince undersold how yeah. cool this was. Yeah. But I don't know whether Vince has always just had an issue with big guys doing cruiserweight moves. Yeah, because he wants big guys to just be lumbering giants, not realizing that it's not the 70s anymore. No one really cares. That like Keith Lee's run in WWE. It's oh. more interesting to see a big fella do a moonsault. Mm. To me, anyway. I think so, because yeah. it doesn't happen very often. No. But uh, it would be interesting to see how Keith Lee would, would prosper in the current administration. Yeah. Whether I think Trips would just let him go out and be Keith, Keith Lee, Lee. Yeah. Rather than anything else. What did you think of Vader versus Far 2? Good squash match for Vader. Like you said, Far 2 looked good. A little bit of offense. Um, I did look, though, and we won't be having him for much longer. Who, Far 2? Far 2. Oh no, mm. what's happening? Well, on Raw anyway. Oh, we'll see him on Superstars and bits, and then he drifts off. Makes a difference somewhere else. He goes to, he, he pops to uh, another continent and yep. learns a new trade. And becomes friends with a presidential campaign runner guy. Oh, yes, he does. Yeah. Campaign runner guy. What the fuck? I, knew, that? What you, I knew what you yeah. meant. What did you think of the match? I enjoyed it. Short burst, beefy brawl. Uh, and I like the way that, even though Vince didn't sell it, I like the fact that Vader's hitting a moonsault yeah. and, and everyone's going, what? How is he allowed to? Yeah. He's so big. Such a beef. Um, <laughs> He's such a beef. He's such a beef. Oh, you beefy, beefy boy. They're taping Raw and Superstars uh, next month, a uh, block of tapings, and the dark main events will be Vader versus Shawn Michaels. Mm. They're getting they're getting that ready. They kind of, they've kind of they got eyes on Vader being a... A headline guy. So, in front of in front of just a live crowd, they're going to see how how that floats. I hope if they ever run it on TV, that Sean doesn't act like a cunt. Let's hope not. Sean, I'm sure it'll be a well behaved boy. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. The future isn't scary. Not realizing its potential, however, could be. 
Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. We get highlights from WWF in Deutschland. The Oberfrankenhall in Beirut, Germany is the site of WWF's uh, show, a venue that still exists as a home for the basketball team, Med Beirut. Hmm. We get footage of Bret Hart, who was voted Germany's favourite athlete three years in a row, apparently. Brett, they love Bret. Shawn Michaels, who is using Das Click camera. Yeah, I saw that. It <laughs> made me chuckle. It did make me chuckle. I was like, ah, oh, it's good. I like that. I like the attention to detail. The Godwins were in action as well, getting a confused uh, German child out of the crowd to dance with them. <laughs> We get footage of Jake Roberts and Owen Hart having a match Ooh. and Bulldog doing a bloody staggering. Jake looked fucking he knackered. looked like he wasn't well. He looked like he had jet lag. <laughs> jet lag the snake, Roberts. Jake got his own back and even gave Bulldog a bit of snake action. Bulldog started rolling around with the snake who seemed to start constricting around him. Did you see that? I thought it was pretty good. At first I was thinking, oh, I hope the snake's all right. He's got a big beefy bastard British bulldog feel, rolling over But him. I think the snake was panicked because bulldog yeah. was rolling around with him and probably yeah. crushing parts of his body. Yeah. So the snake's in survival mode. He's going to constrict around the bulldog. That could have been how he died. Oh, God. It's in the hand of the snake. <laughs> Thankfully, bulldog got out of it and in an unrelated note, snake king coming soon. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> I love a snake burger. Ooh. John Tenter taught me. Do you, want, do, you want, do you want a snake on a bun? We've called it a hot snake. <laughs> Small and brown like a snake. It's a brown snake. It's a sausage. No, it's not a snake. Twenty quid. We've got we've got one we've got one that we're putting uh, inside a croissant, a chocolate croissant. We're calling it snake on a pain. Oh. <laughs> That's enough of Jackins that I thought you'd leave after that. <laughs> this was such a long segment. <laughs> not was, the, not the bit about us talking about snakes on a fucking <laughs> pain. We still talk about the footage from Germany, snakes but it's... Snakes on a pain. It is. It, you could tell they needed to fill some time. Yes, this yeah. was a big bit of padding for this episode of Raw. Uh, the Observer writes, the German crowds were pretty strong. Uh, they In Kassel, Germany, they did... Uh, they made over $109,000 with a gate of nearly 3000 Yeah. Uh, they did 2400 in Bol. They did 6202 in Frankfurt. 
Uh, and they did uh, a sellout of 4,000 in Dusseldorf. Mm. Hart and Michaels received by far the biggest responses. Uh, they switched the shows around with Michaels defending the WWF title against Diesel. Uh, also on the tour is Davey Boy Smith, Hunter Helmsley, and Steve Austin. But mm. the best match on the tour, based on what we've heard, were Austin's matches with Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart. So there have been a few shows where the good and in the mid-card has been facing the main event, boy. Mm. In the main event. Just a good and in the mid-card. Stop putting him in the main event, you oh. pricks. He's a mid-card good and for life. Raw is sponsored by Wrigley Winter Fresh Gum. And that's all I've written about that. <laughs> I think we did it. We, did we do a Wrigley fact finder? You fucking know. Yes, we did. We did a Wrigley yes, fact finder. Yes, we did. So there we go. go back, back back in the 2006 when we last recorded together. <laughs> we did a Wrigley fact finder. The Godwins are in action. They are facing enhancement talents, Ken Patterson, and this is Ace. Oh. Future WWE Cruiserweight and Tag Team Champion and future WCW US Champion and future ECW Television Champion and ECW Tag Team Champion, Yoshihiro Tajiri. The Japanese fucking buzzsaw. Tajiri. Yeah. What a random pairing this is. Because yeah, I was just kind of half paying attention when I'm gone. And then you hear, I think even McMahon calls him by now. He's like, oh, nice. They're from Tajiri. What is fucking Tajiri? It's fucking Tajiri. Yeah. What an odd thing. I, this is great, though. I went on Cage Match to have a look. To, this was his first WWF appearance. Ever. He flew over. It looked like he flew over from Japan, made this appearance. And we won't see him again in WWF until July 1997. <laughs> so he just came in and just went, all right. Wait. I'm off now. Yeah. And then he's in the yeah, he's in the light heavyweight tournament. Yes, and he had some matches against Taka mm. and against Brian Christopher and that little crew and Scott Taylor and stuff like that. And he's like, ah, oh, I'm going to ECW as a super crazy. Do you want a kick in? He's like, yeah, go on. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. but I was very surprised to see Tajiri here. We are, we're in 2001 on the Classic Smackdown Review and Tajiri is part of the roster and he is the most ridiculously over guy. Yeah. Like, like, be, like against all odds, like Tajiri is... Like one of the most popular guys on on Raw and SmackDown, and it's wonderful to see. He just had a six man tag uh, on the episode that we recorded recently, uh, teaming with Kane and the Undertaker. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, phenomenal. It was one of those because he was always great in the ring, but he... I remember the first time I ever saw him in ECW. I was like, this guy's got an aura about him. Mm. He just looked like the character of him looked like he was about to snap at a moment's notice. And I didn't see much of his stuff in WWF because I'd stopped watching by this point. Was it still the same character, or did people just? Yeah, like... he was a bit. He was a bit sort of quirky, a bit more of a comedy foil. He was a complete comedy foil. I, I know that he ends up with William Regal and all that stuff, but when he first came into it, was he still? No, no, he to... came into in 01, He came into it as with William Regal. Oh right, his okay. first segment is him coming backstage, he's like going, "Hello, I'm Tajiri." Like he's looking for work, hmm. and uh, the crowd go wild when he turns up on the screen, and so he kind of becomes Regal's assistant. And then there's a couple of occasions where someone comes in and gives Regal a bit of lip. Yeah. Tajiri defends him. So then Tajiri will go and fight them. And then Tajiri's just been impressing people left, right, and center. Oh, boss. And then when the invasion happens, like Tajiri is rewarded for defending the honor of the WWF and not joining the alliance. Yeah. It's great. There's loads of love for Tajiri. I, I did love it the other year when um, Regal was still in NXT. And I think Tajiri turned up for like a guest coaching session and they did a video backstage and it's like yeah. Regal saying, oh, you're doing me, old friend. And looking at the camera like, 
What's he doing here? <laughs> <laughs> he hated music. That's the best story I've ever heard about Tajiri. He hated Regal saying like he hates me. He said he, he said he was frightened of music. Didn't like listening to music. So they'd have these long card journeys together where there'd just be silence. <laughs> <laughs> hours on end of just silence that's like, amazing God. <laughs> and I think it was and, and Regal's still not sure if it was a rib or not yeah <laughs> even now he's just like I just don't know if it's a rib or not <laughs> and he talked about how like all their segments they had uh, they they never planned anything they just kind of had a rough idea where they were going there wasn't no retake and they just went we'll just see what magic happens and uh, they were just oh sublime superb anyway uh, the Godwins and our goals are facing Ken and our boy Tajiri. Before the match begins, though, the body donors do a little picture-in-picture. Picture. Sonny is there saying uh, there's been too much hog slopping around the World Wrestling Federation and the Godwins need a taste of their own medicine. Mm. Big surprise. Coming for them, apparently. Tajiri lands a standing moonsault for a near fall. Yeah. Even gets a reply. How many jobs... Sorry, sorry, replay. How many jobbers get a replay? A fucking long. <laughs> I never <laughs> see a jobber get a replay. No? Ken Patterson tags in. He gets put in a bear hug. He does not get a replay. <laughs> Sonny makes her way to ringside with the tag team title belts, distracting the Godwins. Hillbilly Jim and their dog, Old Blue, Ugh. chase Sonny away. Uh, this departure distracts Henry and Phineas quite, uh, quite a lot, and it leads to uh, a little bit of a miscommunication, but they get their heads together just in time uh, to see Henry Godwin get a hot tag and land a slop drop on Patterson for the three. And uh, they immediately get jumped by the body donners after this match. Henry gets taken out outside the ring. Phineas, he whips Zip across the ring. And then as, as he's waiting for Zip to come back, Skip gets into the ring yeah. and does like a log roll yeah. towards Phineas. And, and it's like a very clumsy total elimination yeah. type thing. I just put here, yeah, a high-low thing, which was sloppy. It was awkward looking. I, I, I kind of see where they were, what they were going for. It just didn't work. No, no. Bit rubbish. This leads to uh, a double suplex onto Phineas and then a handful of slop being grabbed by, uh, by Zip and gets slopped by the body Donners. Yeah. The Donners slop Phineas Godwin until Hog runs them off. Yeah. How excited are you for body Donners versus the Godwins? Mm. Yeah, that's exciting. I, I, I don't think the Godwins are very good. <laughs> that seems a bit mean. You don't go mess with the country, boy. Oh, that is true. I'm, I'm just not big into the act. Because it, it, we know that, obviously, against Candido and Pritchard, who are, you know, good in-ring workers, especially Candido, and the other side of the Godwins, you're like, oh, the, not, not the best. Mm. And the squash, it was a nothing squash. It, the post-match attack was awkward. But... It did build heat towards the match. It's again more storyline progression, so you gotta gotta give it positives when you can. Yeah, that's it. And the positive for me was there's Tajiri. Yeah, it's Tajiri and Great showing. Sonny saying, "Oh, I've got something here." And Jerry King Law was just trying so hard not to say your tits. <laughs> you got your tits there. Those tits. When do they open? They're lovely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Gary Poundland has a T-shirt that says, "Those tits. When do they open?" <laughs> It's just so stupid. It's, it's similar. We're getting cancelled this week. It's, 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 it's something I say to Sean. Nice tits. When do they open? Uh, but I, I subvert and I go, nice butt. What time does it butt? <laughs> <laughs> and she just goes, oh, you, you cheeky lad. <laughs> 10.30. <laughs> do you want an opal fruit? I'm like, yes, fruit. 
<laughs> is that how you get an opal fruit in your house? That's how I get an opal fruit. Oh, yeah. nice. I remember that. I thought I'd come around for dinner. <laughs> hey, Sean, nice butt. What size is a butt? What size is your butt, butt? Love? <laughs> you got to give him an opal fruit now, Yeah, that's Sean. it. That's the rules. So I was told. Give him a red one. I don't like them. Oh. <laughs> Aldo Montoya. <laughs> Aldo Montoya is in the house. Hey. Complete with his Catherine Wheel Pyro. Yeah. Maybe it's the start of a renewed push for Aldo Montoya. Maybe there's some big plot. Oh, wait, no, he's facing Mankind. <laughs> Bye, mate. This is the first time we've seen Mankind on WWF telly since he battered The Undertaker. Yes. How do we feel about him being away for a couple of weeks? Do you we feel like it's it's enhanced his aura, or do you think they should have struck a bit quicker? I think it's enhanced the aura. Because mm-hmm. um, this is one of the things we're saying, like with AEW at the moment, and as we know, I'm an AEW fan, but they're the rushing through things at the moment. Like the whole Danielson-Jericho thing, they're on the third match already, and it's been a handful of weeks. They're letting it breathe with mankind. They don't need him on TV each week, so they're just like, he battered the Undertaker. They mention him each week, and they're just like, oh, wonder what happens next time we see that creepy lunatic. So I think it's working. See, that's what that's the thing about AEW, is that weird juxtaposition whereby you, you can't, like some feuds... You you will you won't see them for weeks and weeks on an end. Yeah. But some like they just burn through dead quick. Yeah. Like 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 they're about to go out of fashion, and you've got the time to to percolate these things. But I don't know whether there's a a lack of that like future planning. I think the problem with them at the moment is um, I think it's the Ring of Honor TV deal. As soon as they get the Ring of Honor TV deal, yeah. I think that they can space out the feuds again. And they can split up the roster a little bit, and it'll be a bit more balanced. Because I used to like, again, the classic Dynamite review comes in. Uh, I used to like the way that they used to have, right, a feud will be on week one and week three, and a different feud will be on week two and week four. So you've got a different cast each week. And this seems to be what they're doing with Raw. Obviously, they're taping it all in one night. Mm. But you'll see Vader one week. You'll see Shawn Michaels in action the next week. The week after, you might see Mankind. The week after, you might see Brett kind of thing. And it does make it feel a bit fresher. Yeah, so there's something to be said for letting like, it breathe, yeah. letting these things breathe a little bit, which they're not doing with Jericho and mm. uh, Danielson. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong, they're both in my top ten. Yeah, uh, so and they'll have a belter. So they'll, oh, yeah. they'll, they'll have had a belter by now. Yeah, without a doubt. But um, slow, very <laughs> slow down. Uh, the bell sounds on this match. Aldo hits a big drop kick and and some strikes to start, but it has zero effect. Mankind is squealing and honking. As, as he kicks, punches, and chokes Montoya. Everything that Mankind does is so unique. Yes. Or is just unique. You can't be more or less unique. You either are or you aren't. Thank you. Good man, good man. So I just jump in there before anything else happens. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's unique because it's because the way he punches and the noises that comes out dust, of him is... Dust, just, dust, 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 dust. It's just all of it. Like, the simple things are... Are his and his alone. Yes, and I love that about this. Ripping character. his hair out. Yeah, and I look at McFoley today. I'm just like, you twat! You've still got a good head of hair on you. <laughs> yeah, and even though in this on this particular episode of Raw, as you say, he was choking Aldo Montoya whilst pulling his own hair out at the same time. Yeah, uh, he lands his trademark running corner hip attack and an apron leg drop as we go to break. Maybe Montoya will be in charge when we come back from break. He was. Mankind is also a victim of the commercial <laughs> break. Aldo Montoya, yes, in charge when we come back. Corner drop kick, top rope axe handle, but it gets blocked on the way down. Mankind oinks as he hits a pulling pile driver. 
and then locks in the mandible claw. He surrenders seconds later. Aldo loses. Mankind wins. Piano music plays as Mankind stares lovingly at his hand. Jerry Lawler says, music to soothe the beast. It's a great line by yeah. Lawler. Um, and, and it's this this great visual of Mankind looking at his hands, this soft music playing, and Aldo Montoya just foaming at the mouth because he starts throthing, yeah. which is a really nice little touch to make from from, from PJ Polacco. Um, this was great. Really eerie. Great squash match. I think it went a little bit too long. Did you? But it gave, gives fans more of a look at Mankind, I suppose. So you, one of them, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, six, one, half a dozen of the other. Um, but yeah, Foley, I was always a big Foley fan. And I'd forgotten, like I've said many times, I'd forgotten just how creepy and effective this early Mankind run was. Mm. It was just fantastic. So effective. Yeah. Vince McMahon does the final push for good friends, better enemies, our pay-per-view spectacular on Sunday. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Sunday. Uh, a video package shows the, the friendship of Sean and Diesel being ripped apart on the road to this match. The story of Sean and Diesel. Sean hiring Diesel as a security guard. Sean uh, uh, Sean and Diesel becoming close friends and later tag champions after they went their separate ways. We saw Diesel become world champion. Sean become IC champion. They kind of, uh, they they leave off the part where they briefly feuded around WrestleMania yeah, I was gonna 11. Say, yeah, no mention of Diesel beating Sean. Let's move on from that. The real Diesel appeared. When he lost the WWF title, and sat up and went, fuck, and started being a dick to everybody. <laughs> this included cracking Shawn Michaels with a steel chair in Jack Atkins' favorite arena, Madison Square Garden. What did you, when you went to the service patches for MSG, yeah. what did you eat when you were there? I didn't get anything. Didn't get any food in Madison Square Garden? No, Shawn got a very expensive pint of Stella. Oh. Uh, and I just like, I just said, oh, just, get us, just get us water. Oh, yeah, fair enough. I'm, I'm not usually. I don't usually get anything at gigs. No, it was very nice because when when uh, when I went there in with Alex in 2000 and something. Oh, what did you say? 2000 something. What? No, what did you say? Oh no, we didn't know. No, we were we oh. were just visiting, but there were, I wanted to go and look around Madison Square Garden. Okay. There was like a little chicken place. They yeah. did chicken and chips. They had chicken and chips in Madison Square. It Garden. looked like they had loads of different things, like mm. like fresh pretzels and like you said chicken. And it looked like there was loads of good stuff. But I think I was like, kind of want to save my appetite and get a slice of pizza. We were having big breakfast and just walking it off all day. So uh, I was probably just still absolutely full of fucking ice cream for breakfast or whatever it was. No, yeah, they do weird stuff for breakfast, don't they? Yeah. Like, it's a good yeah. time. It's a good time. Went to Hooters that night, I remember correctly. Did you? It's Alex's choice for where we go and she wants to go to Hooters. Huh? I'm like, who am I to deny you? <laughs> Such a lovely thing. We had a nice dinner at Hooters near Madison Square Garden. Um, <laughs> they went their separate ways. Yeah. No, no WrestleMania 11 mention. The real Diesel is here. Shawn Michaels and Diesel are good friends but better enemies. And Raw ends with words from Diesel recorded in Germany. He set down a camera near his groin in the locker room to have a little chat. <laughs> he says he's going to teach Shawn Michaels a lesson in Omaha. Not worried about the belt, though, because Vince McMahon and his corporate puppets tried to make him what he wasn't as a champion. It was the worst year of his life. Shoot, Diesel, shoot, baby! Uh, he says, people don't know, people know that Diesel is the leader of the new generation and, quote, they don't grow on trees like me. I'm a genetic wonder. 
Diesel warns Vince McMahon that when he's done with Shawn Michaels, he has a score to settle with him. I love this. Diesel basically going, I had a shit character for a year, and I'm fucking angry about yeah. it. Yeah. Really good promo. Uh, I've just got... It's not even Diesel. Like we've been saying for weeks, it's not Diesel now. It's just Kevin Nash. It's Kevin Nash. It's Kevin Nash. Um, and I also thought it was weird because they always said that, you know... you. you they never acknowledged that Vince McMahon was in charge of WWF until maybe a bit when Brett starts moaning. And then after, obviously, um, the screw job, they're just like, Vince McMahon's in charge. But I think it's weird that in 1996, they're making allusions to it. Yeah, he, he never outwardly says Vince is the boss. Yeah. But he very much kind of points the blame at some of his misery at Vince McMahon. Yeah. And uh, it's and it's kind of unsaid that he is the guy that... I remember when I... Because I, this is during my lapsed period as a... WWF fan, so as a kid, I wasn't watching it at this point. And then when I came back, it was Mr. McMahon, the, yeah, the yeah, boss. Yeah. <clears throat> and I remember the first time I watched it thinking, wow, the guy who did commentary is running it now. I thought the same thing. Yeah. yeah. I was like, is that Vince, the commentator? Size of him, massive. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Raw ends with the Raw band playing as Jerry Lawler hints that Vince McMahon won't be on Raw next week. It's because Diesel's going to powerbomb him to purgatory in Omaha. I think it's good crossed. friends, better enemies. Uh, interesting way to end Raw. But I guess Mankind was the main event. I thought the video package for Sean Diesel was too long. Mm. Far too long. It was like, and then the next week, Diesel bought Sean a sandwich. And the week <laughs> after, Sean was like, oh, you got last <laughs> week. I'll get you this week. I would have I would have put in Diesel beating Sean at Mania because it makes Sean more sympathetic. It's like, Diesel's had his number before. Yeah. Can Sean do it this time now that the championship roles are reversed? Um, but yeah, I thought it was a good go-home show. Like you're saying, there were storylines everywhere you look on the card. There was no wasted motion. Um, German tour footage was a bit fillery. The Diesel-Sean recap, bit long. But still, it was a good roll, I thought. Yeah, I was, I, was, I was busy all the way through it. Yeah. Busy all the way through. And uh, all eyes... Rightly so, point towards in your house, good friends, better enemies. And they're doing stuff like this better than WCW are doing right now. Because yes. whenever WCW builds a pay-per-view, it's almost forgotten the small matter of there's a pay-per-view on Sunday. Can you please sell it? Mm. And they're too busy booking week to week. And at least here, whether, you know, for better or for worse, there is uh, there is some semblance of long-term yeah. storytelling. Which I'm not getting from Nitro. No. At all. So I, They're figuring it out week to week. I was going to say, where are we on Lightroom? But I know Loch Ness has just turned up, hasn't he? Well, the one that we did last, uh, and it's interesting because it's funny because there's a bit of a time lapse between the two. So we're only like around sort of end of February. Okay. And they've just done an angle where um, Hogan gets beaten up by Kevin Sullivan, Ric Flair, and Arn Anderson, whilst Miss Elizabeth handcuffs him to the turnbuckle. Right. Now, you remember a few weeks ago, we watched an episode of Raw, and they had a, a segment with the Huckster. Yes. Which was him handcuffed in an empty arena. Yeah. And it was referencing that. Okay. And there you go. Right. I did, we didn't wonder why. Yeah. But it was referencing that. And they were talking about women's shoes, weren't they? Yeah. Because because the, the, Elizabeth's shoe is becoming quite the hostile weapon. Yeah. In the feud with Ric Flair, Arn Anderson, Kevin Sullivan, uh, Randy Savage, Hulk Hogan, and now the Booty Man. <laughs> booty, booty, booty. That was a good idea. I'm enjoying that immensely. <laughs> but there's but there's still more of a semblance of long-term planning with this one. Talking of long-term planning, two things. 
Uh, next time we are together, just you and I, mm. it is a watch along of In Your House, Good Friends, Better Enemies. It'll be myself and Jackkins watching the show as it happens. And you can watch along with us via the power of the WWE Network or Peacock. You will, by now, have also seen Jack Atkins already. We're recording this before we've done it. It's going out after we've recorded it. Time is a complex of human perception. Uh, if you haven't checked it out already, uh, Crisis on Infinite Assholes 3 went down. Myself, Jack Atkins... Matthew Gregg and Sam Driver coming together from the Cultaholic Classic podcasts to watch WWF, WCW, ECW, Invasion 2001. Oh, Lord. Oh, it's, it's a good old time. It's a good pay-per-view. It's going to be fun times, but now you've already seen it. Time travel, isn't it good? <laughs> Anything you're working on? Anything you want to plug or shout about? We're, we're back on the managers list. When, oh, back to it. I took time back off. Back with the boys again. I took time off from it just before I went on holiday. Uh, I just went. I'm, I'm doing. I'm, I'm doing a piece on FMW instead. <laughs> yeah, you needed a little bit of a. I went there. You go. Break water. I went there. You go. Ross says the rise or fall on FMW, and he was like, "Okay." And I was like, "Oni is a mad shagger," and he's like, "Ah, so it seems." Uh, <laughs> and then when I came back off holiday, he was like. It's been six weeks since I've had to look at my edges, and I dreamed loads off. So ah, uh, because you're fresh to it. Yeah, you could just sort of smash through it a little bit more. Yeah. So I've just done last two. I just did this morning before we came on the air were Davari and Ivory. Oh, together in perfect <laughs> harmony, <laughs> side by side on my piano keyboard. Oh no, why can't we? <laughs> Davari and Ivory. <laughs> that wasn't planned. That was lovely. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> I will stick up for Ebony and Ivory. I like that it's song. It's a great song. Yeah. What a lovely message. Yeah. Hey, look, we can play songs. Why can't you not be racist? Yeah. It's, a, it's a clear, clear message yeah. that we can all believe. Hey, hey, we, you know, we might get a revive of it when Eurovision comes to your city of the pool. Yeah. I'm going to say this now. Fuck off, Fraser Porter. <laughs> On Slack, he was like, Glasgow's robbed. I was like, you're from Edinburgh? That's like me being upset that Manchester blissed out. I was like, shut <laughs> your mouth. Shut your dirty mouth. Um, I love how like the, the, the classic reviews are spinning off like <laughs> alternate timeline shit. Like you calling out Fraser, right? And I made a comment on the SmackDown review that got picked up. Because obviously Fraser and Jack were on the podcast together and mm. it was just bickering. So I, so I just said, really just casually, the sooner those two fuck, the better. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, so now that's a separate story. <laughs> we just, we're just crossing the streams all over. You're starting a feud with Fraser Porter now over Eurovision. Bring that noise on. That's hilarious. Yeah, Fraser knows I love him. Uh, After the time I slapped him in public. You did, <laughs> didn't you? Yeah. Just full on. Uh, I, I straight away was like, I'm sorry. It's like, I don't know why I've done that. <laughs> I don't know why I've hit such a sweet, sweet, genuinely nice boy. <laughs> Sometimes just the just the, just the the chaos energy takes over, doesn't it? It was like that bit in Fight Club where he beats the shit out of Jared Leto because he's young and popular. <laughs> he's just like, fuck it. <laughs> That's what it is, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is. You're the Jared Leto of The Office. God bless you. The Jared yeah. Leto from Fight Club of The Office. He uh, is, not me. No, no, I'm not. No, no, no. Fraser Porter. Manager's list coming Christmas. Oh, we fucking knows. <laughs> I want, I want to get it finished by the end of 2022 because I've got some nice things in the pipeline. I say the nice things. I like doing the long lists. Don't get me wrong. But 
as you've all heard, they get to the point where I start losing my mind mm-hmm. and then I get a second wind and continue. And then, yeah, I've got another nice long thing in the Ooh. pipeline. But again, that's not going to be recorded for another, or not recorded, fuck me. It's not even going to be written for another four months. So <laughs> We're knows? long-term storytelling here, aren't we? Exactly, yeah. 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 What are you working on, long-term storyteller, oh, oh, Tom? Oh, oh, gosh, all sorts. So let me think. So... Um, Probably more desert. I ain't got any desert island graps in the book, so just it's just I've got I've got one coming up uh, with a lovely guy, which should be recorded this week. By the time you hear this, uh, who randomly got a little bit of press when people took signs telling AEW to hire him, talking about a guy called Crash Jackson from the states. He seems like a good guy, yeah. and I wanted to have a chat with him. So Crash Jackson's going to be on desert island graps, I believe, tomorrow, Wednesday. Yeah, on Wednesday this week we'll get him on there as well. At the time of recording. I'm still trying to trace the owner of a dog who competed in a wrestling match over the weekend. Ah, right. Yeah, I've seen that. Yes. Uh, I'm, I'm still trying to to find the owner of said dog because I'd like to have a chat for the Cultaholic podcast feed for the news podcast. I'd love to have a chat with the wrestling dog. With the owner or with the dog? With the, both. Just <laughs> oh, with the dog? Yeah. Uh, what do you think, dog? Uh, rough. Yeah. Yes, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> How was your first match? Oh rough. Yeah. Hey. Hey. All the, all the guys. Uh, yes, if you own that dog, you listen to this. Let's chat to Rooney. Was it a bark match? Oh, he's done it! He's done it! Take your snakes on a pain and shove them up to the... <laughs> he is at Brad Atkins on Twitter. I'm at Tom Campbell on Twitter. Together, we're at John Arling on Twitter. Don't forget to join us. Please. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Nice to be back. We haven't missed a beat. I've missed this. (laughs) Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to PrettyLitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. <laughs> 